Welcome to That Good May Become with me, Laura Scappatici, where we learn to illuminate the esoteric in our everyday lives. Hey everyone, it's Laura and it's been way too long. It's so good to be chatting with you today. Um, I'm here to disrupt materialism around fear and trust because whoa, (laughs) we have had a heck of a time. So in this episode, I'm just going to outline what's been happening for us. I've obviously been quite absent from the podcast. I appreciate all of you have been asking, where have you been? When's the next episode? And so here it is. Um, Let me say up front, I cannot guarantee when the next episode will be, but I'm hoping it'll be sometime in September of 2022. (laughs) Okay. So As I said, we're going to talk about fear and trust. I want to put a couple disclaimers out there. One is that I am in a point of privilege just to say that I have not been um, in extreme poverty. I'm not subjected to systemic oppression and I haven't experienced overt racism. I have experienced some in my life um, due to my Syrian upbringing and uh, having that cultural life in my house and being in a town that did not understand that, Uh, but not in the same way that people that experience um, racism really have. So that's part of my picture. And also, I don't have any trauma around spirituality or religion. And a lot of people do. So I just have to say all these things up front. Anyway, let's get to it. And here we go. So what's been going on? Last year, um, we made a huge life-changing decision. And so I'm going to talk about the process of making these life changing decisions, the trials that go along with it, and some of the tips that I would offer you if you are trying to make a big life-changing decision. And this is all from my perspective, my spiritual perspective, and um, my, my place in the world. So here's what we did. We were living in California, and um, I don't know if y'all have some sort of intuition that comes from being a mom or a parent or just trying to feel into the world and what's supposed to be next, but we could sort of feel that our time in California was over. This happened to me about a, a year prior when I left my job with the Anthroposophical Society in America. I couldn't understand what was going on because I loved my job. There were pressures within the organization, of course, and I did feel like I'd taken it as far as I could possibly take it um, with the current configuration that was working there. But that was not really a reason to leave. Um, I kept trying to talk myself into staying in some capacity. I was like, oh, well, I'll just do this halftime or I'll just cut down on this thing or I'll. um," But with working with a very skilled and spiritual teacher, Marlies Shad, um, I came to realize that I had to go. It was time to go and I needed to trust that. So that's one of these trust pieces that I am bringing in this episode. So I did. I trusted it. Huge leap. Um, 
finances are always a part of the picture. So how were we going to work that out? We had some faith there and a little bit of cushion. So I did it. And that's how this podcast got born. Um, I, I miss all my people and I miss my work, but I'm still working on behalf of Anthroposophy. So I had to trust that leaving was the right thing. So if if you're in a spot where you're trying to decide whether to start a job or leave a job or for me, it was really a vocation, um, but a vocation I think can, it, it's, it's on a different level than an actual job and the job description and the title. So you just keep going with it no matter what you're doing. So anyway, I'm still in my vocation. Um, but let me know if you're in the midst of something like this, I would love to talk with you about it and, and hear your process. So that happened. And then that kind of threw everything into some sort of um, question. So were we going to stay in California? Uh, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. So many people have these stories of of change that happened out of um, everything that was happening with COVID. And we started to look for a school for our children. And I think it's interesting when in mid, the middle of life, um, in the middle of life, middle age, when you're trying to make a decision for yourself, but you also have all these other people to consider. And so the decision really came out of this desire for our children to have a new experience in another country. And I think that um, being a teenager anywhere in the world, but particularly in the U.S., is really a trial. It's an initiation Um and particularly right now with the pressures of social media and the academic or the educational systems that they're in, I wanted to see if I could <laughs> offer them a different kind of trial with a different kind of focus. So, and, and this is one of the things I have to say, I was listening to a podcast with Glennon Doyle and a woman named Jen hat maker. I don't know if you've heard of her, but I do enjoy what she said in this podcast. And she said that she had the rug pulled out under her about three years ago. And I think I'm kind of infamous for pulling the rug out from under myself. And so I was sort of doing that um, with my kids as well, pulling the rug out from under them. So maybe that's a control thing, but it's also um, a a sort of a knowing that the world is going to do this to us. So how about we create that sense of changing everything for ourselves? And just a little backstory, this, we've done this many times. So we um, are from Pennsylvania. We moved to Vancouver and lived there for four years. That was a huge move. Um, also brought on by some political pressure in the U.S. Uh, we left and then we came back into the U.S. and then we moved to California. And that was that was some internal pressure. Um, this wish to be more aligned with anthroposophy and kind of you know, recreate ourselves. And then this, again, we never actually thought we would leave California. Um, but again, this sense that there was a change that was needed. So anybody driving with this? Can you feel this? Okay. So once you start this process of making these huge life decisions and you're dropping into your intuition, you're pulling the rug out from under yourself um, or having it pulled out from under you, 
what happens next? Well, as in any good hero's journey, there's going to be a trial. And oh my goodness, we had some trial. I'm going to tell you the symptoms of the trial for me. And I'd love to hear the symptoms of the trial for you. Um, they seem to go along with <laughs> every time we we go on a hero's journey like this or go through this life-changing process. Um, but one of the trials for me is always anxiety. Now, my husband and I, we get anxiety at different times. In the beginning, I have no anxiety. I'm like, laugh before you leap, jump out of the plane, the parachute's there, don't worry about it. Uh, but then about halfway through or just before I'm going to hit the ground, I start to panic. My husband panics in the beginning. He's like, why are we doing this? Is this the right thing to do? So we we have the panic at different times, which is nice. Thank you for balancing that out for us, Christopher. <laughs> so um, we, you know, we pull the rug out and then I'm like, great, this is great. Isn't this a beautiful experience? We leave California and I'm like, oh my God, what did we do? So I did have moments of this like throughout the process, but um, not as intensely until after the decision was made and we were on our way. So what is that like buyer's remorse? I guess some people would call that, uh, but you know, decision remorse, life change remorse. Uh, and so this anxiety is so crazy for me. It shows up in all my thoughts in every single way possible. So it'll manifest in my body. I'll be like, oh my God, is that a lump? Oh my God, um, this thing is wrong with me. Oh no. I mean, so this is how far it got this time. We got to Pennsylvania and we found out that our visas were going to be delayed. So um, because that slowed the process down, my anxiety got to be a lot more. And here's the thing about trials. Remember this. You will always get the exact trial that you need. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. You will always get the exact trial that you need for your growth. Thanks a lot, universe. So the trial I needed was a pause. And um, my my very brilliant friend Molly told me, oh, well, you know, maybe you're being asked to pause because you're not very good at that. And she's absolutely right. I'm not good at the pause at all. Uh, so we had this like imposed six week um, inability to get to our final destination, which is Scotland. And uh, so we had, uh, I mean, the, the universe was like the spiritual world, whatever you want to call it, God, higher self, everything was, was being supported. We had all these amazing places to say, thank you, people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and, you know, we had everything we needed, but it was almost impossible for me to slow my system down. And that's been one of the lessons I've been learning over the past few years is how to slow my system down. Maybe you can tell my system's fast because I talk so fast. Am I talking fast? I'm probably talking fast right now. Um, but yes, so this pause, this is the trial that I needed. So then of course the anxiety comes and it's, it's all of these things. It's in my body, it's in my thoughts. Here's one perfect example. And I was able to catch myself. So we find out the visas are going to be delayed and um, we have this place we can go and stay in New Jersey in this pretty fancy neighborhood at the beach. And we pull in with our car, which luckily we took to, Cal to Pennsylvania with us from California. And I start to have this fear. Okay, have you seen my car? Maybe you've seen my car in one of my videos that I've posted. It's disgusting. It's like a 2012 Mazda 5 that has 
it's really, really dirty. <laughs> there's so much trash in it. And at this point, like there's like luggage is like covered with a tarp and you know, there's like, I, I don't know, there's trash, there's orange peels on the dashboard. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's really the outside is dirty. The inside's dirty. It's just gross. But we pull into this neighborhood, this pretty fancy neighborhood. And I start to worry that our car, our 2012 Mazda 5 is going to get stolen. Not the Mercedes down the street or the Land Rover or the whatever. And I guess apparently every once in a great while, a car does get stolen in this neighborhood, but it certainly was not going to be mine. But anyway, I started worrying about this and I go to bed and I realized, you know, the cars are our only home at this point. It's, it's really, it's like our home base. It's everything we kind of own is in this car because we also sold or let go of or given away everything we owned, uh, with the exception of about 15 boxes and eight pieces of luggage. So we have nothing left. So, um, and, and a good portion of that is in the car. <laughs> so I go to sleep in this beautiful house in New Jersey in this awesome neighborhood and I'm falling asleep and I wake up and I think somebody's breaking into the car. So I start walking to the front door and I pause for a minute and I'm like, wait a minute. I think I'm anxious about other things. <gasps> so smart, right? Can you believe I, I thought that? I'm so proud of myself for catching myself. And I went back to bed and I was able to fall asleep. So this this like anxiety generalizing to every possible area that I can go to. Can anyone relate to that? So the pause was a trial that was needed. The anxiety is a test of trust. And for me... Um, I'm going to get back to this trust thing in a minute, but first I'm going to give you some tips. So for those of you in the middle or contemplating a life changing decision, remember you will have trials. They will be the exact trials you need. And here are the tips. So we find out the visas are back to the visas. <laughs> we find out that the visas are delayed and we go to Philadelphia and my wise brother, Connor Habib is on his book tour and we meet him there and I'm panicking and I'm saying things like, maybe we're just going to stay. Maybe we'll just move to Atlanta. We're, we'll just stay on the East coast. And he looks at me, turns to me and looks at me before he's going to speak, you know, in this bookstore, super focused and says, Look, people think there's freedom in having choices. The freedom is not there. It's in making the decision and sticking with it. And then all the other doors open. So don't fool yourself into thinking that because you have these other options, that's freedom. It's not. So how about that? How about the narrowing is actually where the freedom is? And I have to say, I've discovered that in my worldview. My worldview is based on anthroposophy, the spiritual philosophy that involves reincarnation and involves the spiritual world and spiritual beings and the beauty of nature and the divine feminine. It's so, so, so much more, including this being of love and uh, that people call Christ. And it's, it's, it seems like a super duper specific narrow worldview, but it has opened my perspective on the world and humanity and spirituality more than any other um, very super 
open, kind of new agey, go with the flow, the universe has got my back kind of thing. So even though it seems kind of narrow and specific, that has opened my the possibilities for me and the possibilities for us in the world because there are people that are connected to anthroposophy all over the world so it's opened that door up as well where if it had been more broad um i don't think those doors would have opened quite as much there weren't be there wouldn't be as many so anyway tip the narrowing down and the decision is where the freedom is not in the changing your mind or doing something else especially if you've had this intuition all along that's yours to to go for um, and you've and you've been trying to trust yourself and there's been things that just indicate that it's it's the right thing to do maybe this is getting a little murky i understand where the freedom is in changing your mind and in most circumstances i would say that but in a big life decision hmm okay something to think about okay uh here's another tip when some of my work, a lot of my work around making these big intuitive decisions happens as I'm drifting off to sleep. And so when I was like in these anxious moments and, and actually when we were trying to make the decision, I would have these moments where I was sort of just like reaching into the spiritual world and kind of mending things or checking things out, um, just using my intuition in that almost sleep state to just check out the terrain. Like, what's going on? Like, why is it taking us so long to sell our house? Um, where are those people? Can I reach out to them a little bit more? Now, I would say that that kind of practice of like putting your spiritual feelers out, for me, it has to be very grounded in a meditative practice. So if I didn't have that, I'd kind of be like, I don't know, flying away and not really in my body. And I think being in your body and being spiritual at the same time is really important. Um, I, I think in the past, initiates have had to, um, people that were going on a spiritual journey had to leave their body to have those experiences. But now I think the work is to integrate the body and the spirit. At, at the same time, so to be able to have these practices, um, grounding practices. And P Pilar Lesko, if you haven't heard about her, I do follow her on Instagram. Um, she often invites people to meditate with their eyes open. And I think that's a nice way to kind of stay in your body and in the moment. So anyway, um, use that that sort of liminal space between wake and waking and sleeping is a tip I would have and pay attention to what happens when you're just waking up in the morning too. There might be messages and things there. Okay. And now this is a tip that I received before recording this podcast because I was trying to take a little nap and I thought I would check in with the spiritual world and the spiritual world wants me to tell you <laughs> the spiritual world said to me, trust me, trust me. And so if you can trust in the ever-present power of the spiritual world, for surely nothing else will do. And I'll, I'll pull up that quote and include it here at the end. That is an incredible thing to do. It's, it's to trust in the abundance and the certainty and the path. Um, when, you're, when you're working with these spiritual beings and 
connecting to the spiritual world, whether you're on a beach and you're experiencing these spiritual beings with the water and the air and the earth, or if you're, I'm just saying a beach because we're close, still close to one right now, or um, anywhere in nature, or if you're with people um, and you're working on forgiveness and you can feel that area of your heart, that heart chakra opening, um, or being activated, that area around your heart, or if you're in prayer, or if you're in meditation, there's a vast spiritual world there. And, you know, yesterday we were, <laughs> we had a hard day. It's been hard. We've been moving our kids all over the place and that's been quite challenging and sleeping is quite challenging, which always makes me bananas and eating is quite challenging. So all these sort of basic needs um, have had some disruption, even though, again, so grateful we've been in amazing spaces. But um, I think our etheric bodies have kind of taken a hit from all the moving around. And so there's some fatigue there. But we were talking to our friends on FaceTime. And I said, okay, we're ready to go. We're ready. And we could just feel it. All of us just felt like we're ready now. And then our visas showed up. They showed up that day. That day while we were on the beach and someone was like, there are dolphins. And then the text came, the visas arrived. So if you're, if you're a person that's looking for signs, I think they're always there. Um, but whether there are signs or not, just trusting the spiritual world has been something that's been really good for me. So <laughs> the last little thing I want to say is when you're making these decisions, I had this little amazing moment with my husband yesterday. We were on the beach and, you know, I was having this pain in my eye and um, I was like just turned away from him because I was trying to face the sun and like have the heat on it. And he had turned his whole chair to face the sun. And I was like, oh, duh. And he said, if you want the sun to hit your face, turn to face the sun. And so if you want to have these spiritual experiences, if you want to make these life changes, don't just turn your head, turn your whole self in that direction. Turn your whole self towards trust. Turn your whole self towards the engagement with this change that you want to make and be ready. Be ready for that power to come through. Be ready for the trials and um, be, be ready for other people to help you and for the spiritual world to help you too. So, hey, I don't know exactly when I'm going to get to do this podcast again. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen next month. We're going to be in Scotland. We're leaving next week. We're in August right now. We're leaving the third week of August to move to Scotland. And I am just trusting that all the the things are going to fall into place. The housing's going to fall into place. All the work that we need to get done before we go, all everything. And um, I will be in touch again and I'm hoping to start a new season. And I hope you, I really hope you get to hear some really cool Irish, I mean, Scottish accents. You, I'm sure you'll get to hear some Irish ones too <laughs> with the guests that I interview. Send me your ideas on what to do for the next season. And thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to listen. And here's that verse. Um, this is from uh, a website called The Art of Homeschooling. And it's a little different than the one that I've, I've heard, but uh, here's what we've got. Rudolf Steiner sort of said this. There's like 
different sources for it, but it, Rudolf Steiner had something to do with this verse, <laughs> a verse for our time. We must eradicate from the soul all fear and terror of what comes towards us out of the future. We must acquire serenity in all feelings and sensations about the future. We must look forward with absolute equanimity to everything that may come. And we must think only that whatever comes is given to us by a world directive full of wisdom. It is a part of what we must learn in this age, namely to live out of pure trust without any security in existence. Trust in the ever present help of the spiritual world. Truly nothing else will do if our courage is not to fail us. And let us seek the awakening from within ourselves every morning and every evening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Looking forward to the next episode. <laughs>